everybody, it's Kai with a new episode of the Corner Office Podcast for you. It's sort of a back-to-school episode, if you will. So, a vocabulary word to start us off. MOOC, M-O-O-C. That's Massive Open Online Course. Educational courses offered via the web for unlimited participation, which is the business that Jeff Magiancalda is in. He runs a company called Coursera. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here, Kai. My guess would be that most people probably heard uh, of Coursera back when it started in, in, you know, 2012, 2013, whatever, um, and what it was supposed to be back then. What is it today as you're running the company? Well, it is pretty much what it started as, which is a company that's dedicated to trying to help educate the world. It was started by a couple of Stanford professors And uh, seven years ago, it was clear that education would be a good thing. I think over the last seven years, it's become clear that education is far more important than even people then thought, given how fast the world has been changing. How are you doing that and making money, though, Jeff? That's the question. Yeah, well, some people do wonder. And here's what it turns out. It turns out that... um, we offer over 3,600 courses from some of the top universities and businesses in the world. These courses are available at Coursera.org, and you could take any of the courses for free. You could watch the videos. Uh, but if you want to get a certificate that says that you completed the course and learned the skills in the course, you pay about $49. Turns out that, uh, as with many models that some people think of as freemium models, That free piece draws in lots and lots of people, Mm -hmm. and even if a small percentage of them decide to buy it, uh, it turns out to be a pretty decent business. And now we've expanded from offering just courses all the way to fully accredited master's degrees from some of the best universities like University of Illinois, University of Michigan, and University of Pennsylvania. Let me cast a cynic's eye on this and 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 ask it this way. Uh, yes, maybe University of Pennsylvania, University of Michigan, that's great. But come on, man. If I'm doing education online, am I really getting an education? Well, you know, some people would say that the education online is better than what you get in the classroom <laughs> these days. You don't need to say that. But to, to a large degree, um, especially for people who are already working, the idea that you can quit your job and move your family to a campus – pay over $100,000 for a degree that takes you out of the workplace for a couple of years. It's just not possible. Uh, but if you can earn that degree and it's the same diploma from a top university and you can get it from the same professors, you get it for half the price, you don't have to quit your job, you don't have to move your family, and you can learn things like data science and computer science, some of the more uh, late-breaking, evolving disciplines, it, it really works quite effectively for a lot of people. Let me try to read between the lines here. Are you saying, and I'm not saying this happens tomorrow, but over time, does this way of learning and and uh, participating in higher education replace the model today? You know, I think it uh, it certainly complements it. it. But here's my prediction. I have a, I have a daughter who's a, a junior at Duke right now. I have two that already graduated from college, and I, I went to college a, a long time ago. Um, I think you're going to see a world shortly where almost all all learning online and on campus actually happens online. I mean, we're we're at the verge of having almost all major universities put their courses online because students can learn in a much more adaptive, self-paced way. And then when you go to, to talk with your professors, it's going to be much more interactive. I think lectures and lecture halls are things that will be uh, not quite forgotten, but happily looked upon in the rearview mirror. How do you do that, though, uh, and, and fulfill 
what you set up at the top was the mission of this organization, right, which is to help the world learn. Um, there are people who don't have access to the technology. There are people who have tried to figure it out who haven't. Um, how come you guys are going to do it? Well, you know, we're making really good progress. I was just last week with the presidents of both Costa Rica and Colombia, and they're talking about how to educate their citizens and make sure that their economy and their employment uh, remain robust. What you find is that uh, everybody's pretty much recognizing that connectivity is going to be key for any kind of economic success because it will be the source of education and ultimately skills development and jobs. So the governments are doing a great job putting in more connectivity, even in remote areas, and they realize that that connectivity will give people access to the kind of learning that's on you know, Coursera and Khan Academy and many other resources out there. So I think the infrastructure comes from the government, the content, and the credentials come from companies like Coursera. So you mentioned that your daughter goes to Duke. I don't know where your other two kids went. You're a Stanford guy a couple of times over. Uh, how, do you, how do you democratize uh, education? Or maybe that's what you're trying to do, right? Democratize education and get, away from, get it away from the big brand name universities. Well, not so much get away from the brand name universities, but I, but I do think democratizing it is critical. Uh, here's what I would say. First of all, it's got to be available at very low cost or free. Uh, I was in Mexico recently. Three out of four people who don't have a college degree said they don't have a college degree because of financial constraints. So you've, you've got to make it low cost to free. Digital is the only way to do that. A second thing that you've already mentioned is it's got to be not only online, it's got to be mobile because people are busy. They can't always get to a campus. So low cost, high quality, mobile on demand are all really important things. And now We've got thousands of courses that are available uh, on mobile. And in fact, we make it so that you can even download the courses and watch them on your mobile phone offline if you're commuting or you don't always have access to the internet. So I think that access has a lot to do with affordability and kind of anytime, anywhere. All right. So let's talk business model here, right? Uh, uh, You are going to have, if you're going to do this uh, in the global way that you want to do it, you're going to have to have access to the capital markets. One of the reasons, uh, as I understand it, that you came to this company was in part to take it public. Um, what does that look like? Well, you know, we have raised Series A, B, C, D, and I, I just raised a Series E round. We just closed on a $105 million round. Um, it was obviously a, a, a pretty successful go. Um, and, and mostly I think it comes down to, A, is there a really big market opportunity? B, have you demonstrated very high growth rates. C, does your your business model exhibit good operating leverage? And then D, is it something that's different and, and sustainably different so that you can compete against your competition? We had an amazing year in, in 2018. We, we grew well above 50% uh, on, on, the, on the revenue line. And uh, after the raise, we've got uh, you know considerable cash resources, over $175 million of cash. So we're not looking to to need to go public anytime soon, but we do see a really big opportunity and we've been growing quickly and it's, it's a global opportunity. So we've got a team that's kind of spread around the world working on making education available to everyone in the world. Do you want to be running a public company? You've done it once already. You retired, you were living your life and then Coursera called. You know, it's, it's a little bit different this time around. I I will say that uh, the last company, Financial Engines, I was there for 18 years as a CEO. I was the the first employee at 27 
I learned a lot on the job, and you know, being an entrepreneur is is not what people think. It's it's hard, and and it's sometimes scary, and sometimes lonely, and you don't always have the answers. That worked out great. One of my goals was to be a public company CEO. I, I wanted to do that, and I did it for five years, and I frankly loved it. I mean, I actually enjoy talking to investors. They often have really good questions. They they uh, they think about things in a pretty rigorous way, and I I found myself learning a lot when I talk to investors. I look at Coursera and I think, yeah, that would be pretty fun to be, to be a public company. There's no no urgency or imperative now given our cash balances. But, uh, you know, I think Coursera, it, it's a global platform. We've got 43 million learners from around the world. The top countries represented are the U.S., followed by India, China, Mexico, and Brazil. And so we look at the size of the, of the need globally and the size of the opportunity and I think access to capital markets will be important. I think the visibility that you get when you're a public company also would serve the mission well. Not that this is necessarily your area of expertise, but you are this guy running an education company. And I, and I just listened to that list of companies, or countries rather, that you named. Are we keeping up in this country with, with education? You know, we, we just introduced something called the Coursera Global Skills Index. Uh, what we've done, we, we have all these learners uh, around the world, and they're from different countries, and they're, they're taking qu- tests on Coursera. We actually rank hmm. all the learners in every country, and we publish this report. And what you find is that, you know, the U.S. in the domains of, of, of uh, technology, data science, and business, the, the U.S. Is, is above the median but surprisingly, it's not at the top of the list. The Scandinavian countries, the learners in Scandinavia on Coursera outperform the learners in the U.S. The, the report is free on Coursera.org. Uh, I, I think that, um, that to me, when I look at the U.S., it is a, it is a study of extremes. Uh, a small portion of the American public in the you know, really compelling institutions are doing extremely well and driving our economy – I think we have some work to do in making sure that more people get access to really good education uh, and that these types of platforms like Coursera will be an important way to do it. I will say that, that every government that I'm talking to, we're now been hired by, by nine governments wow. all around the world, Latin America, Middle East, et cetera. They all believe that education will be the foundation of economic success or failure if, if you don't have skills to perform the jobs of the future. Yeah. Uh, with the full disclosure that I've never taken a Coursera course, uh, what was the last one you took? I'm currently taking a course called um, Big History from University of Amsterdam. It's great. My favorite course on Coursera, which I would recommend to everyone, is Learning How to Learn. It's a course yeah. taught by a neurobiologist that teaches how your brain works and how you learn things and helps you be a little bit more efficient in the way that you learn. I can do it for free or do I have to pay for the certificate? Because, you know, 49 bucks is 49 you- bucks. Kai, if you don't need to prove to anybody that you completed the course, you could do it for free. <laughs> Jeff Malgiancalda, he's the CEO of Coursera. Jeff, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's it for my interview with Jeff Malgiancalda. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, rate us and leave us a review, why don't you, on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and lets us know what you like to hear. This episode of the Corner Office Podcast was produced by Bridget Bodner. Marketplace for the radio is produced by Nancy Fargali. Satar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager. I'm Kai Rizdal. Another episode coming soon. <laughs>